When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 34, the David Ortiz, the David Ortiz edition. Bruins David legend, or- David Ortiz. Bruins legend, uh, David Ortiz video legend. David- well, he, I'm sorry, yeah, let's clarify. He he would be a legend if, you know, he was able to do a video tribute ahead of game seven, but he had a good shot in the back. And couldn't uh. make, uh, not a hockey guy, not a proven hockey guy, right? When you have to have gallbladder surgery and you can't make it. No, hockey tough. I mean, if a hockey player gets shot, He's doing the video that night. Oh, that I mean, night. On the maybe, table. Maybe an hour later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, before before he gets knocked out from anesthesia. If he even uses anesthesia, which probably he no. wouldn't. No. Um, he, he wouldn't. Uh, but basically, he'd, you know, uh, go Bruins. Do the, do the video like that on the, op, on the operating table. So it would work out way better. Uh, but yeah, baseball tough. No. I thought there was no crying in baseball. And he's over here getting that's what, shot that's what, and not being able to film that's videos. That's what Tom Hanks told us, but apparently it's not the case when you take a bullet to the back. So I guess there's some exceptions, I guess. Ridiculous. Uh, but yes, this is the David Ortiz, episode 34 uh, of Poking the Bear. How are you doing? Doing very well, Evan. As you can see in the background of people on the podcast <laughs> listening, you don't know, I've made it back to the garden. I uh, started off in Tahoe. Um, but I've made it back just in time for tonight's game against the Rangers, which based on the way the team is going, I might be playing at wing. So because <laughs> yes. it, it is quite dire these days to say the least. Well, I'll say this. I was a left shot defenseman in high school. So, and I was in the top four. So I'm just saying, I'm just wouldn't yeah, take, putting it out there. wouldn't take a lot to get me. Wouldn't take a lot to put me on defense. I'll, I'll say it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yes, uh, this episode is going to be based pretty much all around um, the issues of this team and how they address them. And the reason I think we're going to address these things is for, I think, two main reasons. Number one, the Bruins go into Long Island, lose 2-1 to one in a shootout, probably should have won the game. Uh, they should have had more goals. Just, you know, you go off of uh, the last five games, I think they've given up one regulation goal per game and they only have... Two wins or is it three wins? It's uh Bruin stats had it. It was yeah, they've given up one goal in each of the last five games and they've got six out of a possible ten points out of it. So I mean yeah, if that's not, not yeah, that's what you know, you're considering how tight this division's gonna be, you're letting points kind of get away like that, then yeah, it, it's not great right now. It's funny. One of my friends who's very negative about the Bruins said, Evan, when are you gonna write an article about uh how the Bruins might not make the playoffs? And I said, first of all, it'd probably be a video because that's where the focus is now. But also, I f- we're not at the point yet where we're going to consider like, you know, them not making the playoffs because obviously the division's tight. There's a lot of hockey left. Uh, we will get into that discussion after or up to the deadline and what they do with the deadline kind of can we can tell whether or not they might make they might miss the playoffs because obviously we expect them to make the playoffs. Um, if they didn't, that's a big problem. Uh, but, but at any rate. Uh, so they, the Bruins have the stinker on the island. The secondary scoring has been non-existent, and not just like the last five games for a while, like for a for a long time. The secondary scoring—I mean, you could say years, really. 
(laughs) You go back years. I mean, even Don Sweeney said it on Wednesday, like you can't get more blunt than the fact that your second line you expected going into the year of Krejci, Kasha, and and DeBrusque have zero five and five goals on the year. And again, not a five game sample. It's not even like a concerning trend at this point, right? We're like over a third of the way through the season. We get close to like 50% through the year and you have zero five and five goals from that crew. That's again, Kasha has been hurt. So I don't know if you want to weigh him in that category, but that is insane. Uh, Ty Anderson has a uh, laid it out in a tweet. Zero goals this year for David Krejci. One goal in 17 games for DeBrusque. One goal in his last 14 for Craig Smith. Uh, goals in two of the last 17 games for Charlie Coyle. Uh, one goal in an assist in the last 15 games for Anders Bjork. You can't have that. And you, you, like that. And we say this every year because they the last couple of years, they've always faced this. The secondary scoring isn't there. They need to address it. And last year they thought they did with Richie and with Kasha. They did this year for Richie, uh, but uh, Kasha obviously injured, still unproven. Like Kasha was unproven at the time when they got him. It was a lot of the advanced stats stuff. You know, his expected goals were really good. You know, the Corsi four was great, but the production itself was not there. Right. Um, I'll just, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, even if Kasha comes back before the deadline, like, are we confident like that you know that that's going to solve even if let's say he comes back and scores i don't know three goals in like his first five games back and the deadline's there like are you confident with him being your top six guy like no i would rather have someone proven and kasha wherever he brings you the offense contributes that's gravy right like it's but i even if he somehow gets back and stays healthy which is the biggest issue with him unfortunately it's just his health I still don't feel confident with what you've got right now. On a, on a Stanley Cup winning team, Andre Kasha would be your Marcus Johansson. Like yes. that is essentially what he would be. He would be a, a third line compliment to Charlie Coyle um, on that line. I, I, you know, again, like if he's ha- if if Kasha never got hurt and Kasha didn't have the injury history, and he could, you know, gain some traction with Krejci through the first bunch of games of the season, then I'd be more confident. Then we'd see really what he brings. But you don't have that. You have an injury history. You have, you know, what was is it one or two games played? Was it the first or second game of the season? Second game. So second game. A, a game and a half, pretty much. A game and a half uh, with this team uh, this year. So for me, I'm not confident in that. Like, I, I'm just not, as you said. And the other thing, the reason that, that, that sparks this conversation is Don Sweeney spoke on Tuesday. Now, Don Sweeney spoke pretty candidly about, the scoring issues and how he didn't expect this, uh, how they are willing to shake things up, which I think Bruins fans should like to hear. Given off the track record, I know a lot of people aren't happy about that. You know, what are they going to bring Lee Stepniak back? Uh, they're going to roll day out. on Twitter. It was an eventful yes. day in their replies. Yes. Oh, yes. So I think people will believe it when they see it. Um, and I think one thing, like, we're going to get into who we would pick up at the deadline. I know one area where we disagree but some of these areas, you know, you, you look at this offseason and, and, and with the free agent market, you know, Tyler Toffoli, um, Mike Hoffman. Now, I know we both said Mike Hoffman was a power play specialist, whatever. But we also we also, though, said it was fine to bring him in on a one or two year deal. Yes. Like no one that was never the issue it was the long term deal, which he didn't even get. Right. right? I, Hoffman I mean, like- long term deal. No, like, and again, I will be more than happy to eat crow because I was adamant that he was just going to be a power play specialist. And I think he only has like, I believe he has like 18 points, I want to say. And I think only six of them have come, come on the power play. Like that guy's been great on five and five even strength. So again, I'm more than willing to eat crow. But that's, again, another reason why the pressure has to be building up for the Bruins is that, you know, 
you went into the year putting all your bets on cautious staying healthy when even if he was healthy, you didn't exactly know what you had in him. And a guy like DeBrusque, who you were hoping was going to bounce back, you've seen it before. So I'm sure they felt, you know, confident that he would be able to put together a better season. But when you also have guys like Toffoli, who's, you know, right up there at the league lead in terms of goal scored, granted he's, you know, throwing haymakers against crap teams like Ottawa, Vancouver, these teams that he's smoking. But again, he's still a, a very established goal scorer, um, him and Hoffman. You know, now's the time for the Bruins to course correct and, you know, get a guy because it's one thing where we're looking ahead that the Bruins aren't going to go very far if they don't get secondary scoring in the playoffs. But we could be looking at this, you know, if they wait until April April 12th or the days leading up to the April 12th deadline, they could be in like fifth place, like eight points behind a team. If they keep on like letting these points get away from them, it's, you know, I imagine we're going to be in a situation where maybe they go on a a great run and build some, you know, breathing room. But I feel like this is going to be kind of what you saw the last couple of years when they missed the playoffs. We're not saying they're going to be on the outside looking in, but it's going to be four games to go. And there's, you know, three teams separated by two to four points, right? Like it's going to be that close when you've got all these talented teams in the East. So um, the Bruins can't afford to kind of just sit and wait for these guys to, that they have right now to break through. And granted, I'm sure, you know, David Krejci can't go the entire year without a goal. I think, I think Craig, Smith Maybe. Can, I think Craig Smith can score more than one goal, 14 games. I think the could break out, but you can't afford to wait for these guys to do this when you're getting the same results where you're, especially the fact that, this defense right now is like decimated, right? And they're holding their own. They, they're doing a great job. The forwards are supporting them. The Bergeron line is doing what it does best, uh, which is caring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can't, I, you can't afford to wait until I think April to, to pull a trigger on a deal just because the, you can't let these points keep on slipping away. No, you can't. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, you, you can't wait around for these guys to just kick it into gear. Um, considering the inconsistencies they've had in the past. And this isn't a new issue. Now, Sweeney said on Tuesday that they're already in conversations. They're having talks with teams. Um, so that, you know, people know things are going to happen. It's just a question of, well, what is going to happen? Um, and it's funny. I was looking at Frank Cervalli's trade bait, uh, list of, but you know, guys who probably be traded to Brusque is number 10 on that list, by new the way. Addition. So that new addition. Um, but number one is, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll save that bit because we're, 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 we're going to give our uh, guys. We want the Bruins to go out and acquire in a perfect world. If you gave us the team, who are we going out to acquire? What are we giving for them? All that stuff. So uh, how about we do defense first? Cause I think we have the same answer. So I'll let you go first for defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for defense is cut and dry as to who the top target's going to be. And it's going to be Matias at home who uh, we've talked about before. I think maybe he's on Bruins beat, but uh everything you want in a, a top four defenseman, right? I mean, he's a veteran guy. He's 30 years old. He signed for, for a, a great value. I think it's 3.6 million per year signed through next year. Um, big body, six, four eats a lot of minutes and also is like a, a good five on five score. I think like his scoring has gone off this year. I think he's got like four or five goals uh, in like a short amount of time. He's so, on my fantasy team. He, he does really yeah. well. Yeah. So he's generating a lot of offense right now, but even without kind of this, you know, spurt in terms of uh, five and five goals. He's also, I think, getting a lot of just good at driving the plays, good at moving the puck for a big body, um, all that stuff. So I think he's far and away the the top pick there. Again, we have to see what Brandon Kahlo's status is because right now I don't think anyone 
really knows what it's going to be, which you might have to address that on the right side. But I think if you're looking for, and we've talked about this, but as good as this defense is, there's a whole lot of risk in terms of rolling out Lozon and Zaboral and Vakanine and just, you know, throwing them to the wolves when you play Washington or if they get past it, Tampa or one of these teams, right? That's a lot to ask for these kids in a, uh, a year where you should be going all in. So I think you definitely need a defenseman, uh, but it all kind of goes back to uh, um, you know, what the price would be for a comb and the fact that there's not a lot of other top tier left shot D out there that at least fit all, you know, check all the boxes off like at comb does. So it's going to be a lot for him. And also you're going to have a bunch of other teams that are going to be going after him. Like I, I see Philly like targeting them, uh, him, especially with the way their decor is set. They need to shore up their, their place, their spots even more. Cause like, they're one young, but also they're letting in a lot of goals, which the Bruins on. So I feel like Philly be even more desperate for a guy like that. But um, I think easily if you're looking at defense, he's the guy that the Bruins and a bunch of other contenders would want. Yeah. Again, uh, just off the trade bait column uh, lefty after uh, Mateus Ekholm is Jamie Lexiak and Mark Stahl. Like those uh, Alexiak is it, a big body. So, he's fine. Yeah. He, but, he, he's but it, granted he's gotten better since he's been to Dallas. And he, like, I think in Pittsburgh, he was just like, big dude who like could like fight Chara without like, I say, fight Chara. That was the number one thing. So, I mean, I think he's gotten better since he's been in Dallas, but still he's not what Ekholm would, would bring, but he, he'd be a good consolation. But then you go, then like it drops though, after stall, like Mark stall, you, you get to stall and you're like, <laughs> no, thanks. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Eddie. Um, no, but I, I think Ekholm is the guy again, for every reason you just said, like <laughs> fits all the boxes, uh, you know, and, and has the extra year of control, uh, veteran leader, you know, he's been through it before. Uh, you have the five on five offense and all that fun stuff. Then you get, so, uh, and by the way, that's not to say the Bruins won't find a guy. I mean, Charlie Coyle wasn't on the trade block when uh, the Bruins went and traded for him. I, if I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think he was a guy whose name was floated out a, a lot. This wasn't like a big target. Um, mm-hmm. So they could easily find a left shot defenseman who completely flies under the radar. And like that, that could easily happen. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and I think that is something Sweeney is, is typically uh, privy to is, is those under the radar guys. Um, but if we're talking about betting on uh, guys who they're going to get, it's hard to do, but if you really want to make a good bet, you go to betonline.ag. Absolutely. Evan, listen up guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Football might be over. The NBA is back in full swing. And yes, Bruins hockey has returned. And even though you may not be at a game this year yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. And it's not just sports. Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, reality TV. You want to bet on the Oscars? I don't know what even came out this year. If you want to put put money down on Sonic the Hedgehog winning Best Picture, go for it because it might win. I don't know what else was out there. Trolls World Tour, great flick, could That's win. Yeah. So, so you, you never know. But listen, guys, there's, there's more options to wager than anywhere else online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to Bet Online and enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. Nobody beats that. Nobody. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now.
and so let's get into forwards a little bit. Uh, I- I'll go first, actually. I'll go first because I'll let you have defense first. There's a lot more for forwards. There's a yes. lot more selections. You can you, you have more to choose from, uh, so to speak. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was looking around kind of going, hmm, who's a forward that would fit well with the Bruins? Who's, who's a guy who's proven, who uh, wouldn't cost as much as maybe he would have cost before? This hits at exactly what I was talking about before with a guy the Bruins could have just straight up signed in the offseason. But it's Taylor Hall. Now, I know Taylor Hall is having a horrendous season in Buffalo. Things are going very south. He has two goals and, and 16 points. I know this because he's also on my fantasy team. Uh, he was a high pick and he has not done a damn thing. But, 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 $8 million cap hit. That's not exactly the most fun thing in the world, but he's an unrestricted free agent after this year, which means he's valued even less. And he's coming off this kind of rough stint in Buffalo. So his value is even less. To get him from New Jersey, the Coyotes gave up a first, two forward prospects, a defenseman, and a future third. So already starting from there, it's going to be less than that. Now, how much less? I don't know. Is, is a first going to have to be involved? I would think because it's Taylor Hall. So it's not exactly fun to do. But if you're getting Taylor Hall and you know, you're gunning for that cup, that's, he's probably the best, historically best forward available, you know, given, given his history as an MVP. But I think that that is the way I do. I think you, given that the past, I think right now in Buffalo, things are not working out for him. It's not, it's really not a good situation. Boston's different. Again, you, you, you have the, the culture there. You have the, you have Bergeron, you have Krejci. You put Taylor Hall with Krejci or you even put Taylor Hall up with Bergeron and move Pasternak down. Like, I think there is, uh, there is really something there, uh, with adding a guy like Taylor Hall. Now, whether or not Jake DeBrusque is traded. And then, you know, you're plugging in uh, Taylor Hall with Krejci and somebody on the right, maybe Studnika, maybe they acquire someone else. Who knows? We're not really, we, I didn't really, <laughs> we're not really thinking of DeBrusque being gone in this situation. Uh, but nonetheless, I think Taylor Hall should be the guy the Bruins target in a perfect world. Yep. I mean, I think, yeah, it would make sense. It, it'd be dumb if Buffalo kept him around. I know he mentioned that. Uh, he wants to stay in Buffalo with great winning culture as he, you know, pursued during the oh. off season with the winning like, team. Why, so. why would you want to stay in Buffalo with this yeah. whole thing going on? Right. So, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy they could target. Um, I think if, if I had a name, like the, the top target, I'm going with like, if they really want to swing for the fences, which is not Eichel. I, we're, we're, I think we're, <laughs> I think we're ending Eichel, right? Cause it's Eichel's not going to happen. Done. <laughs> yeah. Like there's swinging for the fences and there's also like just, being in fantasy land in terms of what you could reasonably get. So you're not getting Eichel. Um, if you're going like all in, in terms of like a legitimate top six guy, because again, they've acquired guys before, but it's not usually been guys that, um, you know, you get and you're like, yes, this is putting them over the top. Maybe the closest you got was Rick Nash. Who, I was going to say Rick Nash was the um, And again, I think he was great on that line. I think that was just, unfortunately, bad luck for the Bruins because I think they got him with the intention he was going to shore up that group, which he looked great at the start. And I think they were expecting him to be there for a couple of years. And then Cedric Paquette hits him, ends up retiring due to concussion issues. So, um, but they need a guy like that, a a proven guy who, you know, is, is going to... You know, it's not a guy that I have to write a story about uh, and look at his numbers and be like, look, look guys, like this guy's going to be pretty good, which is what I did for Kasha. Like, and, you know, it, 
it'd be great if he, it was a guy who's a proven scorer who also had really good underlying numbers, right? But you need a guy who's proven to at least, uh, you know, light the lamp uh, regularly for you because you desperately need that. So uh, if I'm looking for a guy that could be available, uh, I think a guy like Philip Forsberg in Nashville makes plenty of sense if you are willing to give up a huge, uh, you know, haul to get him. Um, if you even wanted to try to swing a mega deal of like him and Ekholm, that's going to cost a shit ton. Like, and yes. you'd have to. Debrusque is going back in that deal. Debrusque okay. is easily going back, which I think you have you have to make the cap work because I, I think Forsberg's about six million. Um, you know, him and Ekholm together, it's nine point six. I want to say close to close to ten million. So you have to do some cap gymnastics there in order to get. So that so work, basically, but... last year was the Bruins picking up Anaheim's uh, garbage. This year, it's the Bruins picking up Nashville's garbage. Yeah, exactly. Not garbage uh, in that sense. I mean, yes. just like picking up scraps. Yes. Um. So th- that that's probably a whole another discussion. We have to do a deep dive into what the cost would be. But I mean, DeBrusque, first round picks, uh, haul a, a bunch of prospects. I mean, I, I think the two guys that they probably hasn't to move are Sanika and Swayman probably at this point. But you have to weigh what what the cost is going to be to get a guy like Ekholm or a guy like uh, Forsberg, especially get them together. Um, but even just looking at Forsberg, I mean, he's everything you want in the top six guy, right? He's 26 years old. He's a proven 30 goal scorer. Um, even when he's not scoring, I mean, you just watch his highlight tape. He's active. He's, he's dangling guys. He's creating chances. He's moving all over the ice. He's exactly what you want, uh, you know, in a, in a top six guy and a guy that I think you put him with anyone. I think he's going to produce, right? It's not a situation where you hope it, it fits. I mean, Forsberg, you put him anywhere in the lineup. I think he's going to produce for you. So, um, that's definitely a guy that I would look at for the Bruins. Granted, he is a left wing, so I don't know if their focus is just shoring up the right side because I think the the one thing that hurts with Kasha being out is that they've also had to push guys out of position. So that's the thing is, like, once DeBrus gets back into the lineup, like, are you putting him in the best spot to try to break through by just keeping him on the right side? Because he clearly does not like playing or he's not comfortable on that side. So um, whether that means, you know – the we could talk for hours of other guys that they could target like Raquel or something like that. But um, that might be the one hang up along with just the overall price of what it'd be to get Forsberg. But if you want to get a guy who you trade for and right away, like this team is much, much better. This guy, we've got a legitimate top six again. I think Forsberg goes a long way to doing that. It just depends on how much Nashville is going to be asking for him because it seems at this point it's going to be a given that Nashville is going to sell. It's not only the fact that they're not that great. Everyone on that team is hurt right now. So they're going to have to, uh, I think, set selling off guys. And maybe they'd want to trade like a Grandland or maybe even like an Odvidson first as opposed to Forsberg. But uh, he's due for a big contract in two years, so. Um, we'll see kind of what, what kind of return they would get, but it would be a lot if you're the Bruins trying to get them. But at this point, you got to start going for it, right? You, you can't keep hoping that these guys break through or you waste these last couple of years because you need to get someone proven. So even if it's not him, you need to get someone with some semblance of a track record because you can't keep on waiting. I was going to say, Granlin had 30 points last year. The other thing is, you just said it, you can't keep getting these guys who you know are fringe top six who are, you know, who have the potential to be a uh, 30 goal score, but aren't actually, or have actually never done that. Like Kasha has the potential to be a 20 to 25 goal score. He's never 
done or hasn't done that, you know, recently. I, his numbers escape me at the moment. But like, I think people are done with these getting these fringe guys, getting these guys who aren't fully proven, you know, and Kosh is a great example of that. And we felt this way last year. Like, this is the same feeling. This is the exact same feeling of like, no, you need to go out and get someone legitimate. Don't go out and get someone who is this, this fringe guy. Like I can look at the, at the list right now, you know, if they went out and get you know, Ryan Dezingle, like it, that's, that's, that's exactly what you don't want. You don't like want Bob, someone who Bobby Ryan. Yes. Like you don't want someone who could easily just slot in on the third line. Jake for another one. People are clamoring for Jake for It's the same shit. Like you're just going to get someone who, who could play on the second line, probably should be playing on the third line. Um, so it's those types of guys that you want to steer clear of. You have enough of those guys. You have DeBrusque. You have Kasha when he's healthy. You have Richie. Uh, you have Anders Bjork. You don't need more of them. You, you have those guys that are, that are like, you know, 2C, you know, 3A guys. Um, so, again, you want to go for it. You're, and you also, like, if you mentioned it with Forsberg, if you want to go for it, you're going to have to give up a lot. Like you can't get by with just giving up, you know, small pieces for, for these big guys. Like you're gonna have to give up a good amount, um, you know, for even for Taylor Hall, that's a, probably a first, um, maybe a top prospect you don't want to lose, but you're gonna have to in that, in, in that situation, whether it be a beacher and that's trading within the division too. Like that's no matter what division you're talking about, whether it be the Atlantic or the East, you're that's Buffalo's always going to be uh, playing against you. So uh, it, it is going to be interesting what they end up doing. Um, obviously, it's it's 33 days away or 31 now. Uh, what is it? 32, I want to say now. 32. If we're yeah. going off of Thursday, I think it's 32. But 32 days. I'm not a math major, but I think it's, I think it, you're it's right. getting close. It's getting very close. And as you said, they, they can't afford to wait. Um, but again, it could easily be a guy off the board that we're not even really thinking of right now. But Nashville seems like the team that, that they could be um, – you know, picking what they want from, because obviously, as you said, they're hurt, they're struggling and seems like their prime went past sucks. Cause those national teams in their prime were actually very, very good, fun. very fun teams, pretty fun teams and a really cool atmosphere uh, at Bridgestone. But anyways, uh, that is our look at what the Bruins could do to shore up, um, you know, their, their issues, which again, and I, and by the way, I don't think, I think you need to add another depth defense probably. I know you have Tenority yeah. now, but you got to add another one as well. Yeah, no, they've got, it's tough now because they've got a lot of different holes they have to kind of fill here. And again, only so many assets they can give up, right? Like again, you're not, you're not trading, you know, the top line or you're not trading, uh, you know, McAvoy, one of those guys, but I think you have to take a long look at the roster and see what, what you can move and what you're comfortable with. Cause I mean, even, you know, I think there's a narrative. The Bruins have no trade chips offer besides from NHL talent. It's like, I don't know, man, they've, they, they don't have a great, you know, pipeline of prospects, but they, they're, I think, deeper maybe than what people expect. I mean, you got Swayman, who they don't want to deal with. I don't think Vladar has been also great down in Providence. Uh, defense, you've got, you know, a guy like Jack Ashan has made strides in his first year. Nick Wolf, I think, is a guy who, at the, as maybe his floor, is going to be a third pairing defenseman. He's kind of like a Adam McQuaid kind of player. So, uh, Lauko, all these guys. I mean, they've got guys that they're cycling, and Mason Lorai is doing very well. Granted, he's a an older player in the USHL, but they've got pieces. It's just whether the Bruins want to weigh maybe mortgaging the future. But even then, it's like 
I, I view it as a situation where you've got this core right now you need to win, but also like, let's look five years down the road, barring negotiations going haywire. You still have Charlie McAvoy, who's going to be in his twenties. Who's going to probably win a Norris trophy. You've got Pasternak. You've got all these other guys. Like, you still got core pieces in place that many rebuilding teams would covet right now. Like look at Detroit. Detroit's gotten first round picks for years now and they're still garbage. Like, and they've got no, you know, is Dylan Lack and Anthony Mantha the pieces you're building around? That's not conducive to winning. Like the Bruins still have guys for the future that they can build around. It's just supplementing that talent. So whether it's, you know, a guy like Forsberg who's 26 or look at other guys that they can incorporate into the system. Uh, you know, you have a chance to one go contend for this year while also setting that foundation for future years. It's just whether you're comfortable in parting ways with a few guys in the process to do it. But again, it's all always comes down to what the value is for these guys and what the ask is, because if, uh, if teams are holding you know steady on what they're asking for and the Bruins aren't going to budge, then there's only so much you can do, but the pressure is building for the Bruins to do something. Cause you can't, this roster as constituted is not going to go very far in the playoffs. No, and the other thing is the fact that they can trade off their roster, you know, trading Donato two years ago, trading uh, Danton Heinen last year, um, and then this year, you know, whether or not they trade Jake DeBrusque, which we discussed on Bruins Beat on Tuesday. So, uh, and I'll leave, with this, I'll leave you with this quote. John Sweeney said today, if we have to shake things up, I think we'll do that. Now, I'm very interested to see what that means. Like, you know, are, who aren't you willing to deal? I mean, the safe ones, obviously, are Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, Tuka Rask, like those guys aren't getting dealt. But outside of that, I mean, you know, again, we both said Krejci doesn't have a lot of value given his expiring deal, given his age, given his, you know, happiness here. But outside of that, you never know who gets dealt, who gets moved. If they do one for one deals. I mean, I'm very interested to see that. I think this might be the most interesting trade deadline they've had in a really long time, Um, especially with all the possibilities. I know, uh, Pierre LeBron said this trade deadline has a chance to be a sleeper or a dud. Um, but I do think with this Bruins team, this trade deadline could be extremely interesting. Um, because as we say every year, they need secondary scoring help. They also now need a top four defenseman. And it was, we say every year, uh, you know, the, the, this is the, this is the year they got to go for it. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Connor, before I let you go, what is it that the people at PSJ can look forward to? Yeah, we're going to be breaking down, obviously, uh, trade rumors, uh, potential trade targets for the Bruins, uh, working on some features. We dropped one this week with uh, Trent Frederick and his brother uh, growing up in St. Louis and beating the crap out of each other, uh, <laughs> you know, growing up as most, I'm sure, uh, siblings can attest to growing up. So happy with how that one, uh, how that one turned out. Um, but we'll have some more features we're working on for kind of the, the home stretch of the regular season going into the playoffs, hopefully. That sounds uh, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> the home stretch. No, seriously. Um, so we'll have all that stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe over at bostonsportschannel.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And for CLNS Media, I'm F. Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. This has been Poke the Bear episode 34. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah.